0: People around the world are reported missing every single day, and sometimes it's not just a single person, but an entire group or even town. The next five stories will leave you wondering how so many people could vanish without a trace. These are the five most mysterious and strange mass disappearances. Number 5. USS Cyclops The USS Cyclops was a 522-foot ship first launched into service on November 7, 1910. It served the Army prior to and during World War I, acting as an aid and convoy for fuel as well as refugees. After the war, the ship became a transporter of various supplies, and on January 9, 1918, it sailed to Rio to unload coal. After that, it was loaded with over 10,000 tons of manganese ore to be used for manufacturing munitions. Aside from the cargo, it also accepted 73 local sailors, including the American Consulate General of Rio. Before leaving port, Captain George Worley submitted a report stating that the starboard engine was non functioning because of a cracked cylinder, so the ship was only going to use one engine. This was confirmed by a survey crew and then the ship headed back to the U.S. The Cyclops left Rio on February 16th with 309 people on board, plus cargo. It was bound for Baltimore, but it made an unscheduled stop in Barbados. Some say this was because the water level showed it was above the Plimsoll line, suggesting it might be overloaded, while others say the captain insisted on the stop for refueling and adding supplies, even though it wasn't necessary. On March 4th, the Cyclops set sail from Barbados, due to arrive in the U.S. on March 10th, but she never made it. A search was set up to find it, no distress signal was ever sent out, and there was also no reply from the hundreds of radio communications sent out to them. Every naval ship cruising Cuba and Puerto Rico was told to keep a lookout for any debris or indication that the Cyclops might have fallen, but nothing was ever spotted. So what happened to the USS Cyclops? There have been many theories, but there's still no concrete evidence pointing to any of them being true, no matter how rational or irrational they may be. One prevailing one, however, is that a German submarine sank the boat. But a surge of the German reports after the war did not indicate the Cyclops to be the target at any point. Another theory points to the eccentric and hated German sympathizer Captain Worley. Apparently, he was a sadistic man that terrorized his crew, and so it's possible he sabotaged his own ship. Another belief is that the Cyclops suffered structural problems and likely broke in two when it hit a large wave or an unforeseen storm. But then again, perhaps it had more to do with the fact that it was sailing through the Bermuda Triangle. This is a place where a number of aircraft and ships are said to have disappeared under mysterious circumstances. The USS Cyclops was officially declared lost on June 1, 1918, and no one on board was ever heard from or seen again. Number 4. The Lost Colony of Roanoke One of the most enduring mysteries of lost communities is the story of Roanoke. Englishman John White brought more than 100 men, women, and children to Roanoke Island in North Carolina in 1587. was one of the first attempts of the English to establish a proper colony in the New World. Sir Walter Raleigh dispatched White after his initial group of the colonies didn't succeed. The idea was for them to be dropped off in the Chesapeake Bay and establish a colony there, but en route they stopped by Roanoke to check on the remaining 15 men who were left to maintain English presence. However, no one was there. At this same time, the master pilot of the voyage, Simon Fernandez, insisted the colonists stay at Roanoke. White and his group rebuilt the original outpost, but eventually supplies began dwindling. Now in a dire situation, the colonists urged White to go back to England and ask for assistance. Even though he didn't want to, he eventually set sail and left behind 115 colonists, including his own wife, daughter, daughter her husband and their baby girl. After some setbacks, he was finally able to secure supplies and a crew, and White finally made it back to the island on August 18, 1590, the same day his granddaughter would have turned three. But when they got there, not a single person was around. Not only that, but every structure was taken apart carefully, and nothing looked like it was destroyed forcefully. Before White left, he instructed the colonists to carve out a Maltese cross in case they were forced out or their absence was the result of force. However no such sign was in the area. All 115 residents he left behind in Roanoke mysteriously disappeared. The only thing they left behind was an etched word on a tree post that read Croatoan. The letters CRO were again carved in another tree. Croatoan was once the name of what is now called Hatteras Island. It was also the name of a local Indian tribe that was friendly toward the colonists during their initial settlement. However, White wasn't able to find out if indeed the settlers had stayed with the Croatoans. With bad weather and a reluctant crew, White and the others sailed towards England the next day, and most of them, including White himself, would never set foot in the New World again. Even to today, no one knows what happened to those colonists. The strongest theory is that they assimilated with the other local Croatoans, or perhaps another local tribe. Others say they may have been massacred, but no bodies or archaeological evidence has ever been found to support that notion, and so nobody really has any idea what happened to the colony of Roanoke. Number 3. Village of Kuldara Located 10 miles off the western portion of Jaisalmer City, lay the small community of villages called Kuldara. When it was first established in 1291, there were 85 smaller villages within Kuldara. Praised for being expert businessmen, the village became a prosperous community. The villagers had learned how to cultivate water-intensive crops like wheat, despite being in an arid region. Their ingenuity is also showcased in the village itself, as it consisted of unique grid-like streets, areas for parking the carts, and even two-story homes. Underground structures and temples were also created. It's estimated that more than 1,000 people once lived in the village during the 17th and 18th century, before they all suddenly vanished. Over 200 years ago, the villagers there were supposed to pay taxes levied by the cruel taxmonger. Salim Singh. Salim was the state minister, and when he visited, he spotted the daughter of the chieftain and wanted to marry her. He threatened the village people that if they didn't hand over the girl, he would forcibly levy higher taxes on them. They obviously weren't happy with the situation and gathered a meeting to decide what to do and agreed not to give the girl up. The next morning, the entire village of over a thousand people were gone. No one saw them leaving or could say where they went, and today it's believed that the town is haunted. The ruins still lay standing and deserted. The government has attempted to transform it into a tourist destination, even rebuilding structures to their former glory. But those who have visited Kaldara say there's an eerie and ominous feeling in the area. Paranormal experts who brave the night say they experienced unusual activity. Haunting voices can be heard and hand imprints from a child's hand have even been seen on cars. Regardless of whether these hauntings are true or not, the real mystery is how more than 1,000 people left the village without a trace and no one knows where they went. Number 2 The Crew of the MV Joyita On October 3, 1955 the MV Joyita, a merchant vessel set sail from the port of Samoa, bound for the Tokelau Islands, located 270 miles away. It was a 41-48 to 48 hour journey, and the Joyita was initially scheduled to leave the day before, but had to postpone since her port engine clutch failed. The next day, she eventually set sail, despite having only one engine. On board the ship were 16 crew and 9 passengers. It was fully fueled up, and provisions for the crew and passengers were there as well. As for the cargo, it consisted of timber, 80 pieces of empty 45-gallon oil drums, as well as various food items. The boat was set to arrive by October 5th, but on October 6th, the Joyeta still wasn't in port, and no ship or land operator had reported receiving any distress signal from the ship. The Royal New Zealand Air Force launched a search and rescue effort lasting from October 6th to 12th, that covered over 100,000 square miles, but they could not locate the vessel. It wasn't until November 10th, five weeks from its disappearance, when the Joyita finally appeared. A captain of another merchant ship spotted it drifting 600 miles north off course from its route. The ship was partly submerged and no trace of the passengers were present. When authorities examined the ship, only more questions surfaced. It wasn't just the passengers missing, but also the entire cargo. They also noticed that the radio on the boat was tuned to 2182 kilohertz, the International Marine Radio Telephone Distress Channel, but a part of the cable on the boat was later discovered to have a break in it, so likely the signal broadcast only reached up to two miles and nothing more. Even more mysterious is that the electronic clocks on the boat stopped at 1025, while the navigation lights and cabin lighting were still turned on, indicating that whatever happened occurred at night. There was damage to the superstructure of the boat along with the deckhouse. The life rafts and dinghies were also missing, and they found a doctor's bag with bloody bandages inside. Other items missing included the logbook, sextant, navigational equipment, and the firearm that the captain kept. No trace of the survivors, if they had said sailed on their life raft, were ever found. What's most unusual is that the MV Joyita was especially designed with 640 cubic feet of cork lining the hull. This made the ship unsinkable. Captain Miller was aware of this, so it's hard to understand why he would tell his passengers to abandon ship if in fact that's what he did. To this day, no one knows what happened to the Joyita and its passengers. Some of the popular theories include Captain Miller being severely injured or dying during the incident, so he was unable to advise everyone to stay on board until rescue since the boat was unsinkable. Others say it was the work of remnant Japanese groups still operating on some of the islands during the time, while others believe it was sunk by a Soviet submarine or by modern pirates. Despite a multitude of theories, nothing was ever proven and until today, all 16 crew members and nine passengers are still declared missing. Number 1. Lake Anjikuni Inuit Village In November of 1930, a cold and exhausted Canadian trapper named Joe LaBelle was looking for shelter. He knew the area well and that an Inuit village was close by who were friendly with fur trappers. He hoped to be able to spend the night with them to catch some rest and as he approached, shouted a greeting, but heard nothing back. Right away, he knew something was off. He made his way towards the tents and housing built by the 25 to 30 villagers that lived there, but he couldn't see any people. It was then that LaBelle noticed that despite being such a cold night, not a single chimney had smoke coming from it. In the far distance, he saw a nearly died-out flame and rushed towards it, but when he got there... There wasn't a single person, just a pot of blackened stew that had been inexplicably left as if those tending to it had to leave without warning. He went into each hut looking for some sign that there was a mass exodus, in one of them he found a half-sewn child's sealskin coat with the bone needle still in it. In another hut there was a pot of moldy caribou stew. The fish storage area and the rest of the Inuit supplies were still there. And even their rifles were left behind. Inuits never left their huts or headed outdoors without carrying their rifles, yet there were no signs of distress, struggle, or attack either. He also looked in the general direction they might have taken as they left the village, but couldn't find any tracks that surely that many people would have left behind. Terrified at the thought that the whole village of 30 people seemingly disappeared without a trace, LaBelle rushed out of the village to head to the nearest telegraph office. Even though he was tired, cold, and frostbitten, he was too afraid to spend the night in the encampment. Once he got there, a message to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police was fired off, and when they finally arrived, LaBelle related what he saw. As the RCMP headed to the village, they stopped to rest by a small shanty owned by fur trapper Armin Loren and his two sons. They asked if they had seen anything unusual the past several days, and the trapper admitted he and his son saw a strange glowing object in the sky just days before. Laurent said it was an illuminated flying thing that seemed to change shape from a cylinder into a bullet shape right before their eyes. He also related that it was flying in the general direction of Lake Anjikuni. The Mounties arrived at the site and uncovered several more things, At the far end of the village, they discovered seven dogs that were tied to a tree, who appeared to have died of starvation. On the opposite end was an open grave without a body in it. It's deeply taboo to desecrate a corpse in the Inuit tradition, so this was a very strange find. On top of that, the gravestones were piled neatly into two sections so it was impossible for it to have been done by animals. The Mounties concluded the village was abandoned for more than two months based on some berries found in a cooking pot. However, a lot of people doubt this because of the flame that LaBelle found. No one knows what happened to those 30 villagers. They seem to have mysteriously vanished in just one night and left all their belongings and their homes in a hurry. So those were the five most mysterious and strange mass disappearances. The idea of a mass group of people disappearing without a trace is baffling and unnerving. It simply leaves too many questions unanswered and will always make people wonder what really happened. If you liked this video, then please remember to subscribe to our channel because every week we'll bring out a new Scary Mysteries video for you to check out. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next week.